Hey, welcome back. This is Fantasy Rants. I am AM Dadabo of amdadabo.com. It is so good to be back. I'm happy you guys are here. I'm really pumped. I hope you guys are pumped. Looking back, our last episode, we just kind of did a quick review of Dragonlance, and then I did a little bit of uh, background and character creation about Malthax Durinium, the uh, human fighter I'm going to be playing in our D&D campaign that we're going to be doing right now. And actually, the next couple episodes are actually going to be a little bit different. I'm not going to have an intro other than just the music. So this is going to be the intro. In the episode descriptions, there will be the links to my websites, amdadabo.com and to Fantasy Rants, and then also my emails, fantasyrants at email.com or amdadabo at email.com as well. But uh, I, I really honestly just wanted to, to tighten this next few episodes up as nothing but gameplay or role-playing. And uh, just a heads up for the first, <laughs> the first night we had planned to have a group of about four or five individuals, and it turned Turned out that each one actually canceled except for the DM <laughs> and myself. So it's just him and me, and I'm playing two characters, but I think you guys are going to like it. It's pretty fun, pretty dope. And throughout the next couple of weeks, as we add to our campaign, the others will actually be moving in as well. So without further ado, stop ranting. I get it. I'm sorry. We're going to roll into some music and hit up some uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Here we go. But anyways, dude, yeah, it was a perfect random roll for the slippers of spider climbing for the rogue and the daggum adamantium chain armor for the fighter. Never seen a roll so perfect and lucky. The story writes itself. Yeah. All right, well, I don't know if you're down, but I, I could play Jess's rogue and Malthax as, you know, I'll just remain extremely true to their ideals and traits and bonds so they're different characters it's i mean but it's up to you if you yeah no let's do it all right so let me give you a little history our setting does take place in the forgotten realms we will be in the sword coast area mostly around the city of Waterdeep. to give you a little history of of this dungeon this more than a thousand years ago there was a wizard named halister black cloak and he journeyed from a distant land to the base of Mount Waterdeep. This is well before the city was established. Some believe he hailed from the nearly forgotten empire known as the Cradle Lands. In ages past, humanity spread from the Cradle Lands across Faerun, originating from what is now the Plains of Purple Dust, which is a wasteland birthed out of a conflict with the gods. Although others give Halaster less ancient origins, placing him among the early wizards of Netheril, or asserting that he came from a southern village long since buried by sand and time. Whatever his origins, scholars have recorded that Halaster brought with him seven apprentices to Mount Waterdeep. With the seven guarding his back, Halaster tapped into his immense power to summon beings from other planes of existence to help him build a wizard's tower to dwarf all other wizards' towers. But as the seasons wore on, the seven saw less and less of their enigmatic master Halaster, and he continued to use fell creatures from distant planes for tunneling and other construction beneath his tower. And the wizard kept the nature of most of his underground dealings a secret from the seven. Eventually, Halister's exploration broke into the Underhalls, a complex of tunnels and rooms built by the dwarves around a mithril mine beneath Mount Waterdeep. The architects of the Underhalls, the Melakirin clan, had long ago been killed or dispersed, and warring Duragar and Drow had settled in the ruins. 
Halaster began a crusade against both the Drow and the Duragar, participating in wild hunts with extraplanar allies through the tunnels. The stubborn Duragar dug in until the Mithril was largely mined out, then they abandoned the Underhalls, leaving the Drow to fight Halaster and his minions alone. The Mad Mage rounded up the remaining Dark Elves, trapping some of their souls for his use in dark magic, while twisting the bodies and enslaving the minds of others. Once he had wrung the drow of their usefulness, Halaster Blackcloak tunneled on, ever downward, indulging in his inexplicable compulsion for delving deeper and deeper into the mountain. Using this underground complex as a base of operation, Halaster would travel to other plains and distant lands, collecting strange and dangerous creatures to live as prisoners, servants, or guardians in Undermountain. Populating and defending the dungeon became an obsession. Over time, the mage's preoccupation with Undermountain electrified his eccentricities and infused him with an air of unconcealable madness. Halaster's apprentices came and went. Some left only to return inexplicably drawn down to the Undermountain's depths. Others remained by his side. As they began dedicating more attention to their private obsessions, madness settled into their souls as well. During the years, Halaster quested on other planes and sequestered himself in his tunnels. His magnificent tower and its surrounding walls fell into ruin. In time, the city now known as Waterdeep developed in the shadow of Mount Waterdeep and spread down to the harbor. As the city sprawled outward over the years, it came to surround the ruins of Halaster's home. Undermountain was known to those early settlers, and they often sent criminals into its endless depths as punishment. So it was for many years, until an intrepid adventurer named Durnin delved into the labyrinth beneath the tower and returned alive. Laden with riches and countless harrowing tales, Durnin used his new fortune to demolish the remnants of Halaster's tower and built an inn over the well he used to descend into Undermountain, and called it the Yawning Portal. Durnin owns and operates the inn and tavern to this day, serving patrons and inviting the brave and foolish alike to test their mettle in the dungeon of the Mad Mage. So, you guys are a group of adventurers that have traveled to Waterdeep, specifically seeking out the inn of the Yawning Portal, with the desire and the notion to travel down into the Underdark. Each of you has a different reason for wanting to do this. Maybe it's for the adventure, maybe it's for the riches, maybe it's for a different reason. But whatever it is, you've all been drawn here at this same moment together. None of you know each other. You, you haven't had previous adventures together. You've all just showed up at, at this time and and we've, we're, we're here in the inn of the Yawning Portal. So again, to kind of describe, describe the inn, the inn is, it's a three level inn and the center of the inn is completely open. So there's three levels. There's the ground level. There's a second story. The the inn's kind of maybe almost a round tower-ish shape. So when you're inside, you can see a, a balcony on the second level that goes all the way around the, the perimeter of the inn. And then there's an even higher, like kind of like a mezzanine that goes around as well. The bottom of the inn has a... Can you see this picture? Um, no, I don't have any picture. Aha, uh -huh, yeah, no. Excellent. So that's that's the uh, the yawning inn and this is the this is the ground floor. So what Durnan does is there's there's this big wench that rises all the way to the third floor that has a rope attached to it 
uh, with with a bucket that Durnan will uh, send adventurers down into the shaft one at a time. Uh, it's a simple winch with a rope and pulley mechanism. He charges each adventurer a single gold piece to descend into the well, whether they opt to use the rope or not. The return trip also costs a gold piece. You have to put it in the bucket in advance. He'll pull the bucket up, see your gold piece, and then he'll bring you out. Oftentimes, you'll hear patrons placing their bets on adventurers who dare to explore and explore under mountain and their odds of returning alive. Often the commentary will be something like, Five Gold Dragons says they're back before a 10-day, minus the fighter, minus the wizard, minus the rogue, and the cleric, followed by drunken laughter. It's pretty hardcore gambling. <laughs> <laughs> so here we find it's a, a typical night at Yawning Portal. It definitely draws larger crowds than a normal inn on on an off night, uh, simply because people come more to see the spectacle of, of somebody wanting to go down into the well, which doesn't necessarily happen every day, but there's a, a lot of looky-loos that hang around, much like you find people around a, an accident. You know, like the old saying, you can't look away from a train wreck. A lot of, a lot of people come to, to draw and to just watch, to see people go down, knowing that most of the time, nobody ever does come back up. Or those that do come back up only ever venture just a short ways into the dungeon. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's like, I would imagine like job of the head top guys, gangsters coming over and starting this, this gambling ring, you know? That's how I kind of imagine it. I don't know if that's <laughs> how it is, but that's how I imagine it like these dudes. Absolutely. I mean, this is, it's, we're in the town of Waterdeep. Waterdeep's not a, a town of innocence. Somewhere in the Undermountain is this the the thieves city of Skullport. So there's there's definitely criminal organizations that that live in the city, and of course, why would they not exploit something as easy as as gambling within the Yawning Portal? In fact, it has not been uncommon for such creatures as the Xanathar to have a presence at the Yawning Portal. Or at least those in his employment. So that dicks back, huh? He never really left. Although, if you know much about Xanathar, it's it's kind of like the Dread Pirate Roberts. How many Dread Pirate <laughs> Roberts have there been? How many Xanathars have there been? Good question. Maybe one, maybe 20. Who knows? So you find yourself here tonight at the... And this is you, Malthax. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a quieter night at the Yawning Portal. Typically a, a little bit less of a crowd than what would normally be seen at, at this time of year on this particular night. Not for any particular circumstances other than it's just a, it's kind of a quiet night. There's a few patrons around. Uh, there's not really a lot of excitement going on. It's rather, rather kind of just dull. People are just sitting around at their tables at the bar, staring into their glasses, having very low conversations with each other. And we find Malfax entering the yawning portal so Mathax, tell me a little bit about yourself maybe possibly um again you can you can introduce yourself and maybe what what the purpose that you might be here all right i am Malthax durinium a soldier an escaped slave the only thing you need to know is that the protection and freedom of my people is the only thing that matters and i will attain their freedom at all cost you know, and then Malthax, I mean, I've got a pretty awesome adamantium mill shirt on. It's pretty fancy. It actually describes it as, I gotta read it because it has like this magical 
links. It's not just a male sh shirt. It's I think it's a full set of armor. Yeah, the suitor this this suit of armor is reinforced with adamantium, one of the hardest substances in existence. While you're wearing it, any critical hit against you becomes a normal hand. Okay, what are the notes of all the armor categories. Heavy armor offers the best protection. These suits of armor cover the entire body and are designed to stop a wide range of attacks. So it's made of interlocking metal rings. Chainmail includes a layer of quilted fabric worn underneath the mail to prevent chafing and to cushion the impact of blows. This suit includes gauntlets. So it sounds like it's, well, I don't know. This one sounds like it's covering good chainmail shirt with some gauntlets and then I'd have. Definitely when you walk in, you immediately stand out. This is not something that you just wear. No, no. And uh, as a as a commonplace adventurer or or townsfolk, so when when you walk in, people Im immediately there's kind of this this buzz of electricity are within the patrons. And in fact, there there's an an older man sitting in the corner who kind of starts laughing. Is like, oh, we've got a live one. You see uh, the barkeep behind the bar. He kind of just kind of like smiles and, and chuckles to himself and, and shakes his head as he continues like, you know, cleaning out a mug. And, ev and everyone's kind of just like looking at you right now because just by the way they're dressed, they know why you're here at the Yawning Portal. Yeah, um, I turn my constant, like I've got this constant scowl on my face, like it's so deep, there's that giant V. I don't know, I mean, you've seen my real life death scowl, right? I mean, oh yes. It's, it's kind of like that and it's constant. He's just staring at all these guys, kind of mocking him and he is just cold. People immediately, like no one's willing to even maintain eye contact. They immediately kind of like startle and, and look away and go back to what they were doing. But their side glances keep keep on you and they keep you in their peripheral like all the attention's on you right now but no one's willing to uh say anything say anything all right well in my left hand i'm already carrying my shield and on my hip there's this silver long sword and i've got i'm just gonna do a quick appearance so i've got my constant scowl and i'm staring at him i already told you about my full armor and gauntlets i've got onyx colored hair that's tipped with silver my jaw is very pronounced and bulging. You can see it. You can almost hear my teeth grinding. And I've got in savage, intense, predatory movements. And I just march, beeline, straight for the barkeeper. I'm barkeep. I need to get down. What's your rush to die, good sir? That's my business. You need only payment and to lower me down. Why don't you have a drink? Sit, have some food. Take some time. The Undermountain's not going anywhere. Aye, it's not going anywhere, but I am, and the Undermountain is where I'm going. Well, we've never been one to turn away anybody from untold glory and wealth. The price is a single gold piece, my friend. As such, Malthax, I would like to fish out a gold piece. I don't know, do I do it from inventory and minus a gold piece or something? Yeah, I'm not sure how that works on here, so I think we would just, we'll just subtract it. So I think you can just manually subtract a gold piece. I just flip a coin to him with my thumb, just poing, and it clatters on the, the bar he was trying to clean. He looks at it for a moment, he eyes you, and then he puts a hand over it and slides it off the bar. You might want to be saving one for the return trip. <laughs> You're really going to try and cheat me right now. A gold piece to go down, a gold piece to go up. Those are the rules. Those have always been the rules. <sighs> All right. You pay when you come back. <laughs> We'll make sure you're ready to pull me back up. As uh, as he's putting the, the gold piece away, 
you you see some like kind of motioning over in the corner uh, where where that old man was sitting, and you see that he's actually kind of motioning you over to him. I just glare at him. How insistent is he? I'm just I'm staring at him. He he kind of yells from. He's like he's like good sir, good sir. Please spend spend just a moment to have a seat with me. Hmm. I turn back to the bartender. How long is this going to take? How long before you can lower me? If he wants to have a talk with you, he's somebody worth having a talk to. And he just kind of goes back to cleaning his mugs. Who is he? I'll leave that to him to tell you. And you can almost hear like my brain turning and then the wheels, the cogs moving and my grinding teeth. And then just like an aerial Malfax just like marches. I mean, he's rigid. His back is straight, and he just marches straight to this old man. Oh my, aren't you a man driven? Please, please, I mean no disrespect. I can see you have intent of going into the yawning portal, is this true? Aye. I would like to propose an offer for you. And who are you, and what offer, and why should I even listen? I simply seek information. Information in exchange for something that is not information. Please, please have a seat. This will take just a moment. <sighs> Indulge an old man. Fine. And with my free hand, I scrape slowly the chair back. And I reposition it to make sure my, my back is facing a wall and I have clear view of everyone, even if that means I'm sitting beside you. You see, the, there's this little sparkle in the old man's eyes and he just kind of smiles to himself. What is your name, good sir? Yours first. I am Volothamp Gadarm. Hmm. My friends just call me Volo. Volo. I'm Malthax. It's nice to meet you, Malthax. As I said, I, I seek information. What kind of information? You're going into the Undermountain. Aye. Many people go, but very few, if any, ever return. That's not my concern. There's something about you that makes me think you just might. I will. Here's the information I seek. If you look in the chat box... I'll see is the last... Oh, there we go. The story dates to the fall of Ilafon, an elven kingdom of the north, an alabaster throne belonging to Silgath Adark, the last Kornal of Ilafon, disappeared from the capital city of Alanthaladar, where the Mad Mage built his tower and today stands a Waterdeep. It is said that a group of dwarves feared the destruction of such a miraculous work of stonecraft and stole the throne right out from under the elves' slender noses. Where the dwarves hid it for so long, who knows? But should you find it in the Undermountain, it would please the elves of the, o of the north to know it survives. So you're looking for this throne? That is all. A throne made of alabaster. With my scowl, I mean, this thing's constant. With my scowl, I kind of look at him. Can I discern if he's elvish? All I know is that you said he was old. So, I would like you to do a... It would be an insight check. Alright, so... So, just a standard insight check. So, what you can do is, if you go to your... Skills, and then... Ins, insight, just roll it. Do I click and drag it, or how is this... I think... I think you can double click it. I think you can just grab the plus one and drop it in the chat box and it'll roll. Uh, perfect. Yep. 13. Rolled a 13. Nice. So what you know is something about his name suddenly kind of stirs some recognition. Hmm. Volo. 
Why do I remember that name? So what you remember is you remember reading at some point coming across um, a book written called several several books. You, you recognize him as an author and an adventurer and a traveling scholar of such things as Volo's Guide to Baldur's Gate, Volo's Guide to Waterdeep, Volo's Guide to Monsters, Volo's Guide to the Sword Coast. And I'm scrutinizing Volo. And you said, can you describe him? You said he was old. Does he have a beard? What's his, what's his, what's his features look like? What he's dressed in? You went silent, Clay. I don't know if that was intentional. Oh, yeah. Yep. Sorry. I'm still here. Okay. No, no, it's fine. It's like you have this awesome skill of pure silence, not even rustling. I'm like, wait, <laughs> did he disappear? Just some, some history. So he's, um, he's a traveling scholar. He's a minor wizard. He's an older man with a beard. He's a human. He's human. Okay. Yep. You actually recognize him as one of the two most famous people of all Faerun. The second possibly being a evil wizard named Elminster. <laughs> Elminster, huh? We're getting with him. So what is his connection to Elminster? He's traveled with him? So in real world, Volo was one of the very first characters that, that Greenwood created when he created the Forgotten Realms. And when Ed Greenwood was creating the setting of the Forgotten Realms for Dungeons and Dragons, mm -hmm. he used Volo as the kind of tour guide to write all the descriptions. So in the original release books, it, would, it was Volo's Guide to Baldur's Gate. And it was the history of Baldur's Gate told through the perspective of Volo. Really? I've been looking for the very beginning books of Ed uh, Greenwood on Elminster, but my little town and their bookshops don't actually have it. So this is going to be dope. So Volo, he's he's always on the lookout for an expose. He's always looking for, for something to write about, for information, to write history. His next historic work? Yep. He was, in the past, he's all too frequently been at odds with Elminster. So he's he knows the wizard. In opposition force, because you you said at odds with him, as in like they would fight, or he's kind of trying to. Yep. So so Volo, he's a he's a troublemaking bard, but a troublemaking bard in in the good sense. It's said that uh, he once and possibly still stole a, an artifact from a, a very powerful wizard that hmm. pe people believe to have been Elminster. That's uh, very daring of him, and also very interesting. So yes, you. Uh, you suddenly it just it dawns on you as, as most people in Faerun, especially the Forgotten Realms, they know of Volo because most of the history books, if they've ever read or know how to read, were written or have some influence from Volothamp Gadarn. Tell me, Volo, why is a scholar of your renown caring so much for these elves and this alabaster throne? I'm simply just a man of, of information. It gives me something to look forward to, excitement. I'm always looking for history. This stone had great meaning to the elves. It had great meaning to the dwarves. It would have great meaning if it was returned to them. In this exchange of information, what do I get? Just trust that you will be rewarded handsomely for your efforts. I need more information about what's below. Information seems to be your speciality. So tell me, Volo, what do I face? So there's a game mechanic 
in this where if you meet certain people that might have information for you, mm -hmm. you're going to do a, let me just look it up really quick. You're going to do a check and there's actually, I've got intimidation. I've got investigation. So, although I doubt I can intimidate a dude who's ripping off Elminster. Well, seeing that you've already, uh, I gave you just, just to see a little behind, I gave you a DC of 10 It's to, to know his, his intention on your insight. This definitely is not something that is just, uh, spare me just a moment to get to the right. Yeah, no worries. Page. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to allow your insight check this time. So you should read into that, that that potentially for something like this in the future, a 13 might might not be sufficient. Okay. Is it always going to be inside or can I use my intimidation I've, as a soldier? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's got to be intelligence or, or insight. So it's, it's okay. going to be, or it's going to be intelligence or wisdom. So gotcha for, for the rest or this guy in particular right now. So what it is, is there's actually a deck of cards. It's a deck of information that has just that potential information. So okay. if you if you succeed on this check, I will roll on the secrets deck. If we were playing in real life, it would actually be a deck of cards that I would have printed and cutted and you would draw. All right. Well, do you want me to re-roll for my insight to keep it honest, or do you want to count this last roll? No. Um. I'm I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it. Volo does allow I think the to keep it honest. Somebody like this with this type of information is. I think I think it's this is worth. It. So I am going to again. I'll make this visible because I want to show the results. So so you so as the DM in our electronic chat or our vir virtual chat, you pulled a, a secret from one of the secret deck, and it's a, a D eighteen equals six. So you rolled a six, and that is what Drow fear. That is correct. <laughs> that kind of fits perfect with what you and I talked about with Malthax about. Uh, I, that's why I'm saying this. This writes itself. <laughs> yeah, today has been, dude, with the the slippers for the freaking rogue, for the, the adamantium armor for the fighter. Like today's rolling's been on point. Okay, so uh, so let me. I'm 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 looking it up. Here's what Drowfear. Here's what he tells you. Um, so when I clicked on it, all it does is show this awesome picture of a drow holding a a, right. a, a staff with a topped with a spider statue. I, I assume in honor to Loth, goddess of chaos. So, um, what do Drow fear? So this is what he tells you. Part of the Undermountain was carved out by the Drow. Murial, said to be a former bodyguard and apprentice of Halister's, claims the domain and hunts trespassers for sport. These halls are littered with the bones of the slaughtered. Even the Dark Elves speak of Murial in hushed tones. Anyone who can terrify the Drow should be avoided, avoided at all costs. I got a question. So on my on the right hand side of here, I've got my characters, my notes, my imagery, tables, story, quest, all these things. Can I add notes to our story, or is that under story? Because I want to like keep notes on like Muriel and Volo. So yeah. So do you actually have a notes tab? Yeah, there's a notes tab. It brings it up, but for some reason, it's not letting me type. Do I have to hit the add button? Okay. Try try now. I think you type down by the by the magnifying glass. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I said add, and then it'll be the owner. The note is going to be me. Oh, yeah. So let me actually try to find... So I will type this out to you. So Muriel is... So, yeah, I'm uh, 
I'm actually typing this out in the chat and then you can. I'll make the notes public, dude. So if you actually go to notes, you should be able to see. So my notes said, Volu is a historian author oh, who's yep. at odds with Elminster. He stole something from the Archmage. He's asked me to look for a throne of alabaster when I descend into the Undermountain. I'll be greatly rewarded. He says he offered one piece of information. Muriel is someone even the drow fear. And then... This is what he said. Part of Undermountain was carved out by the drow. Muriel, said to be a former bodyguard and apprentice of Halister's, claims this domain and hunts trespassers for sport. These halls are littered with the bones of the slaughtered. Even the dark elves speak of Muriel in hushed tones. Anyone who can terrify the drow should be avoided at all costs. <sighs> Volo, you say she was a formal bodyguard and apprentice. She protected Halister and learned magic from him, correct? That is all I can say. Can you Farewell tell Farewell and good luck, my good sir. And then he kind of, kind of turns and, and looks back into the fire. Volo, you piss me off. Let's stand up and walk away to the bartender. <laughs> so I approach the barkeep and I slam my fist onto the bar. It's about time you lower me into the Undermountain. All right. Well, are you two ready? Two. There's just me. And at that moment, you happen to notice that there's a small figure standing at your side, looking up at you with these big, bright, mischievous eyes. So just for spider legs, she is a female. Also, you know, this is going to be played by Jess, my wife, eventually. But since no one's here and everyone had a cancel, it's just you and me. We'll play. I'll play both. I'll try both. She can fill in the rest, but... <laughs> Hi, scary scowling man. I'm Jesper, spider legs, and I'm joining you tonight. This is going to be fun. Yeah, no, that's not happening. <laughs> I already paid my gold, and now it's time to go. You and me, you and me, you and me. What's your name? And then Malthax just, just looks to the, the barkeep. He's like, you can't be serious. Gold is gold, my friend. <clears throat> All right, listen here, spider legs or spider whatever, lady. Just don't get in my way. Don't talk so much. Your daggum loud voice will echo. <laughs> you don't have to worry about me, Mr. Scary, Scowly, Armor, Clinky, Loud Man. No, 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 no. I'm going to be clinging to the shadows. You're going to stick out like a sore thumb, Mr. Nail. You're going to glow and glint like a nail. I'm going to call you Mr. Nail. Don't call me Mr. Nail. Mr. Nail, what's your real name, Mr. Nail? Shut up, I'm Malfax. Ooh, now that wasn't that hard. All right, that's about as, as much as I got right now. It's like, uh, uh, you know, I'm playing Golem right now for a second. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Malfax, let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, and keep just to shut her up, let's go. Please lower us down. You notice that there's almost this, this hushed, reverent tone has fallen over the entire bar you're suddenly just aware of just how quiet it is and all of a sudden the patrons start slamming their mugs like dong 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 and it just starts getting louder and louder and it just becomes like this melodic almost just pagan chant to the gods of under mountain as everyone just starts it just becomes like this big roar as you see Somebody from the top pulls this lever and a rope with the bucket at the end starts lowering and the entire inn just erupts with just this 
this roar like uh, urging us on because like urging us on like like you're they're watching a gladiator fight about to begin all right well jesper she actually starts fidgeting and glancing around her eyes are back and forth back and forth kind of like casing the joint almost but paying attention to everything like she's not moving but her fingers and hands are like fidgeting by her chest and like you're like whoa whatever but malthax he's just ice is just running through his veins and he's just glowering and he just marches straight to the well people like part from it because dude he's got savage like intensity when he's when he's walking and it's almost you can almost feel it emanating from this dude and jesper she um skitters right behind him but i mean with the boom boom booms it's not like you can hear anything yeah yeah so as you you get to the edge of the yawning portal you reach out and the first thing you notice when you go that to grab the rope is that almost the entire length of the rope that you can see coming down to the bucket all the way up to the top is just stained with blood like what what you thought was just a dark kind of brownish red colored rope you you realize now is is a rope that is just stained with with old dried blood almost the entire length of the rope as you look up the three stories to the top of where the wench is desperate mm-hmm. gulp she's like do you, do, you, do you think that the, that, 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 that the blood's going to stay in our hands? I don't, you know, my hands are very delicate and I need them. I need them. They're, they're, they're special. I, I, I need them for stuff and things and they help me do tools. Do you think I don't want to get sticky? I don't want to get sticky. Do you think shut up? <laughs> do you think it'll, do you, do you think shut up spider woman? Get in the daggum friggin' bucket and let's go. And uh, I don't know if it's reached us yet, but Malfax is more than eager to get going. So yeah, so you... Uh... But first I gotta ask, are there people, they're doing the boom, 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 but it's like, what are the bets? What are the bets for us? Oh, so yeah, you hear, you hear like suddenly money starts changing hands. You hear people saying, uh, of course, everyone's betting that the halfling is not going to make it. Yeah. And it's kind of split on you. Most people are betting how much of you arrives back in peace. <laughs> <laughs> nice. They're like, ah, his armor will return. Actually, not. They'll probably loot my body, whoever kills me. No, they're like, they're like, I bet he returns with no armor and one leg, <laughs> <laughs> or, or one, or one leg missing. So it's it's more more bets like that. No one's no one is betting that you will you or both of you for that matter will will even return at all. It's it's more bets on how much of my body. How much of your body returns or how many how many days go by you know we'll give him a 10 day and then we'll call him dead you know things like that all right so i i closed the picture but remembering it if i remembering it it's just a big wooden one right like it's not even a, a full cauldron the bucket sorry the bucket that's gonna lower us it's yeah. not even a full cauldron right no it's it's enough that you could well, we'll say the, the bucket's actually fairly good sized. Two regular sized people could stand in the bucket. So me, so Malfax and Jesper can get in just fine. Actually, I take that back. I, I misspoke. One person can get in, and in fact, that's that's how Volo or that's how uh, Dernan does it. He only lowers down one person at a time. So who's gonna go first? I'm going first. And Jesper's just like, fine, 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 fine. Just don't die before I get down there. That won't be fun. I want to watch. And then I glare at her like, what? <laughs> She's like, <laughs> just kidding. <sighs> so you get in the bucket, and really, with your with your armor, 
and just your size, you really can stand one foot in and you kind of put the other foot up on the, the edge of the bucket as you hold the rope and then it swings out over the yawning portal. You just you just see this immense, the, the, the walls of the cobblestone walls as they, they go down into this just black abyss below you. It's just a gaping abyss gonna swallow me up, all right. Yep. This is what my intention is. You can tell me as the DM if I cannot. So I'm holding my shield. This like, this isn't a joke. I, I came in holding it on, strapped on my left arm already. So with my left arm, I'm holding the rope, one foot in, one foot on the edge, and I would like to draw my silver longsword. Yeah, absolutely. You, you could definitely wrap your arm holding the shield around the rope to hold to steady yourself. All right, that's what I would like to do. All right. As I'm wrapping my arm around the, the rope, setting my foot inside the bucket, drawing my sword and lowering, I uh, I look at uh, Jesper. I kind of do a quick once over and then I come back and meet her eyes and then I, I deadpan nice slippers and then I, I disappear into the, the abyss. So you swing out over the abyss, you see Dernan. At this point, he doesn't ask you for, you know, to back out, he sees your intent. He kind of looks up, gives a little like finger flick, like a nod, like a okay. And this this really large man that sits on the stool, propped up decks, pulls this lever and begins lowering you down um, deeper and deeper into the blackness. Ooh. All right. So it's legitimately darkening. I love that. Is that just <laughs> a, an effect? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I love that. <laughs> so literally my screen just went dark. Oh, I know. <laughs> I love that. So, what feels like an eternity, which in reality is probably moments. It seems like you're at some point you transition from the the, the light around you to where you're in the darkness. But if you look up, you see the the whole of the yawning portal. You see faces kind of over peering down as it gets smaller and smaller above you. Uh, when you look back down, you still see blackness, but the scent as it goes down actually gives your eyes a little bit of time to adjust. Um, and finally, when you when it seems like this is just gonna go on forever, suddenly you feel this, this lurching jolt at your feet and you realize that you've hit the bottom. All right, I quickly disengage and step out of the, the thing and I give give the uh, rope a, a tug, one, two, three, and then let go. Um, can I see anything? So, do you see a map that I just shared with you? Yeah, I think it just took a little while because something's popping up. I don't see anything yet, but it's popping up. Okay, dope. Okay, so I see my avatar, Malfax, right in the center of a square room. And what are those circle dots around me? So that's the that's the the roof, the yawning portal. That's like the top of the well as it ascends up. So that's the diameter of the well. Okay. So if I was if I was at the top looking down, all I would I would be standing if the patrons are standing around the well, they would be standing around those dots like that's the diameter of the well. All right. And uh, does is it pitch black or does the does light from the yawning portal like cascade down in spheres around me? So you, your your eyes have adjusted to where you can. There's enough light coming from the portal that you can see. Awesome. And dude, I love how it pops up portal traditional grid square map and everything. I love it. Yeah. So the maps in this are old school style. So the floor is a, a sandy floor. It's a thin layer of, of sand covers it. 
you see that you're in this it's a 40 foot square room the only exit to the tunnel other than the well above you uh is one that leads to the south so okay just like i see it right now it leads so if you if you mouse wheel on your image you can kind of zoom out okay if you in the bottom right of the image there's a little icon if you click hold that you can move the map within the image up or down yeah there's that uh that weird circle box click click and click and hold that and then move your mouse in the direction you, you can kind of move move the map around to center it you understand what how i'm describing that you know i'm doing it it's just it's a, it was just a little weird today sorry uh <laughs> my directions are all backward just as a as a player i want you to just i want you to just start scrolling out on the map just zooming out yeah zooming out all right so what got me was i'm trying to click and drag it but in reality i gotta click and then use what direction i want to go and that's what confused me right yeah all right how far zoom out do you want me to be because i see as far as you can go and then i'm just wanting to give you a perspective of of just how <laughs> how massive this map is going to be well, this is just level one. Dang, dude. Um, it, I scrolled so far out that uh, <laughs> I can't even see my own uh, avatar picture. This is nuts. Okay, cool. Dude, I love this whole virtual, like they did very well on this. So did it resync to the, the image at the well? Like the kind of the beginning one? Yeah, it just did something and it jumped me in. Yep. Yeah. So now, now you can, yeah, so you can kind of hear, we'll actually do this. So, and then I'll resync it. So this might, this might take you a moment, but, um, so you can kind of see, see the hallway to the south. Yeah. So it leads south. And then what it looks like is the hallway actually makes a right hand or a, a 90 degree turn to the west. Yep. Bends towards the west. Yeah. All right. Can I, uh, can I start doing actions or? Absolutely. All right. So tell me if you don't mind. So I have a, a, a little bit of essay situational awareness here. What, what's happening with the winch? Is it still going up? Is it lowering with Jesper? It's already, it's already gone back up almost as soon as, almost as soon as like you stepped off and they felt the weight, it, it goes back up. The, it never lingers very, very long at the bottom. All right. Well, I would like to move to, uh, at least near the hallway. And I'm actually, can you see where I moved? So I moved not quite in the hallway, but right next to it. So I can actually pie it and peer around it. Yep. So one of the things that you notice as you get up towards the wall, mm -hmm. you suddenly realize that the wall is not just a wall. It's a wall that is covered. As, and as you start looking around, almost entirely around the entire circumference of the square room, it's uh, just adorned with dented and rusty shields. Nice. So they're like a lobster locked or like how the Vikings did on their shields or their ships. They're just locked together. Well, it's potentially people that have just taken their shields and just added it to, you know, like maybe like a wall of gum or a, a tree where people throw their shoes up there. So it's just people just for whatever reasons have, have added their shields. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, hey, it's added. It's a trophy. All right. I'll do a quick survey. I want to, I'm a little interested by these, this whole shield wall thing. So standing where I'm from, I don't want to move because I kind of want to have concealment and cover from anything that might be down this hallway. I would like to kind of survey the closest shields, see what I, they're all, are they all like dented? Any of them stand out to me? So, uh, yeah, roll me a perception check. Okay. Skills. Let's see. Perception and uh, just click and drag. All right. I rolled a six plus one. Eh, 
not good. Yeah, so um, you don't, other than you can tell that there's there's maybe 60 to 100. All right, nothing stands out. And so I just growl it, scowl it away. And then um, I'd like to start kind of pieing and pieing the, the corner and kind of peeking just around it. I just want to see, I just want to observe. Ooh, look at all of those shields. Ah, shut up, Jesper. Ah, don't tell me to shut up. I just wanted to look at the shields. There's Jesper, shut up. We don't know what's down here. Fine, jeez. Can I do a perception check with Jesper? Absolutely. Man, I really, really hope she does better than Malthax. Oh, hey, yeah. Perception's a good one for her. All right, so Jesper <laughs> rolled a 19 plus 7, 26. <laughs> So one thing that that Jesper can tell right off the bat is that these a lot of most of these shields have are are old, so old and rusted that she fears if she disturbs them in any way that they might just break apart. Really? But as she's as she's sitting there looking, she happens to notice that there's on the the southern wall where you're standing because that's kind of where her focus is direct directed almost. So where you're at, if you go like one, two, three squares to the right, so almost kind of towards this straight down from where she's at on the southern wall. Mm -hmm. She notices that there actually appears to be some type of writing behind the shields on that wall. Hey, Scally man, look at that. Look at this. Come look, look, look. And then she walks forward. And so she approaches the the shield and Malthax like So it's 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 several shields. It probably the whatever is written takes uh, is written very fairly large and probably takes up three full square length so what is it five feet so probably it's written at least 15 feet across behind the shields that have been pinned against that wall but through the gaps of where the shields she can definitely see that there's something written hey growly growly come here come here growly come here look behind the shields look there's something written there's something written come look come look come look shut up shut up but begrudgingly malthax like sighs and moves beside her so it's nothing that you're going to be able to tell what it says with the shields on the wall. Okay, so Malfax approaches, and now that she pointed it out, does he see what she's talking about? He does, yes. Mm. Looks like we won't be able to see what it says unless these things are moved. Ah, but if you move them, they might break. Mm. Can you try and see or decipher the words? Like, in between the shields, getting a glimpse, can we see what language it is? It appears to be elvish. It's that damned flowery script of the elves. You don't know elvish by chance, do you? <laughs> no, of course not. Can't you? You look more elvish than I do. Where does it show languages? So under abilities, she knows common and uh, halfling, and I know common and uh, dwarvish. Oh, man, if only Jake was here, the half-elf. <laughs> Dadgum, the dadgum half-elf had to be sick today. You could always write, write it down or not. No, that's a good idea. It's like, darn, good, good, good helping out there, Mr. Uh, DM. I don't have anything to write it with. Well, you'd still have to uh, remove the shields. All right, 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 all right. Scally, stop scowling at me, okay, okay, okay. We'll remove the shields. But let, let, let me check first. Make sure there's nothing that's going to jump out at us. Can I do like a search or a... So with your perception roll that you got, yeah, it, it doesn't look like... No traps, no ill intent? No. Okay. Is Does she does she see an easy way to remove them? Like, are they on hinges? Like I said before, it, it almost appears that if you just barely touch them, that they will just 
disintegrate almost, just fall apart. After Jesper scrutinizes everything, she just like, hmm, and taps it with the back of her, her knuckle. And in fact, as if it was made of ash, it just kind of all just crumbles into just rotted iron and steel at, at your feet. She totally jumps back. It kind of like chain reactions, in fact, almost along the whole length of the wall in front of you, they all just kind of start causing a chain reaction collapse. So this, the whole southern wall loses the, the shields. Does it go onto the eastern and northern wall or does it stop uh, stop at the, the southern wall? It, no, it, so it kind of stops like there. Can you see the pointer? Okay, yeah, now I see it. So literally from the corner, from where that south hallway goes. And it's about there. They all crumble about along that whole wall. So pretty much just the whole southern wall. Yeah. And if you look in the chat, so you can you can just like I have the the map open and yeah, you just kind of have to just click and toggle between the things you have open. Yeah, it's a little difficult. I'm making a note. I'm trying to can I save a picture or something? Save a note that you have it written down. Okay. And I I can go back at any time and refer to that and then drop that text into the chat box and anyone that speaks Elvish will be able to understand what is what is the script written in? It's on the on the wall, but is it etched? Is it painted? Is it blood? Oh, good question. Uh, it is written in blood. So it's almost smeared. So like, is it going to be difficult for Jesper to decipher? But she can't even read Elvish. I'm just going to say Jesper annotates and copies the Elvish script exactly as the blood uh, bloodied letters appear. Yeah, that, that's absolutely. All right, so I did that. I don't know if you can see these notes. They're in the notes. Try to make them public. I, I don't have them open, but uh, I was. You can't see them though, right? Notes. Yep. Cool. Elven script behind wall. Yep. Cool. All right, all right. I've written it down, Scowly. Don't call me Scowly. All right, Malfax. Well, we can go whenever you want. Jeez. Almost in mid sentence, uh, Jesper suddenly just stopped, and immediately her attention is is just suddenly drawn. Like her, like her head tilts and peaks, kind of like a dog. Yep. Like all, all, and all of a sudden, uh, like, uh, and you, and you can just see, she, she suddenly looks in the direction of the air, and you see her body just kind of tense. Okay, so she looks behind her toward the north wall, kind of tenses. Yep. Okay, is that her action? She tenses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not, not. Uh... All right, so she turns. Does she? Can I? Can I do initiative? Can I do uh, an action, or am I just like, whoa, crap? Yeah, it, we're we're not an initiative, so yep, you can. Either one of you can do anything right at this point. There's no initiative. No, we're we're not in combat. Just something suddenly drew her to that wall. Okay, well, she she tensed and looked over her, sh her shoulder. So instantly, Malthax is in soldier warrior mode. So he literally about faces, whips around, and he's like crouching behind his shield with his his long sword leveled and ready. And he's gazing along her her pathway to the north corner, northwest corner of the room. And what do I see? Exactly what you've seen since you've been down here. What is it, little one? What do you see? And then what does what what do I say back to him? <laughs> what does Jesper see? There's footsteps behind the wall. Footsteps behind the wall? What do you mean? So with her this is all part of her perception check that she rolled. Yeah. She hears a soft retreating footfall. Oh, so she's hearing the sound. Okay. I thought she was seeing something for some reason. I was like, what? No. She hears soft retreating footfalls uh, going away towards the north from that corner. Okay. Can I can I do this? I'm dragging her. Can I do that? Mm -hmm. There's someone. There's someone. Shush. Take a breath and tell me what. Malthax follows her up to the north. 
Someone was listening, and now, now, now they're retreating away. They're retreating away. Their footsteps are, are going away from us. They're away. Mm. Is there a secret door? Can you see anything? And then can we examine this this thing? She she looks, at, and yeah, she, she actually notices a couple things. One, one of the things that she notices that, that catches her eye is she sees along some of the shields, there's just this very almost imperceptible crack that runs the length of some shields on the left some on the right and it just almost it almost looks as if it's just they're just the cracks and wear but if if with her just training and ability as a rogue she instantly realizes that those cracks form almost a very very just imperceptible door shape the other thing that she notices is about at the height of five feet so just above her head and she's kind of looking up at it right now Mm -hmm. there's a one inch diameter hole bored into the wall people almost the size of what someone might think as a people all right is is it above her head yeah it's it's about five feet it's it's about a, at a height of five feet so it is above her head all right is malfax right in front of it as in if a bolt or a spear or a poison dart were to shoot out would it hit him or her so it is I mean, since you said it's taller than her, I assume that you'd be safe if it'd go over her head, but I guess my concern is, does she see... Do you see where it's at? Ah, yeah, okay. So just to her left and Malfax is on her right. Yep. Is that the two things that she notices? Yep. Look here, look here, look here. And she runs her fingers along the the crease of the door. This, this is the door. And look here, look here. And she points. She doesn't put her finger in it or in front of it, but she like slides it right to it. Essentially, she's thinking it could be a peephole. It could be a a dart or something. I don't know. Uh, She doesn't know. So she doesn't want to like cover it or put her finger down it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, she's a wise rogue. She's not. She's a thief, but she's not a thief that just goes and sticks her hands into pockets willy-nilly. <laughs> yeah, that's not smart. Come on, guys. Yeah. She's like, look here. I think somebody was looking, looking, watching us. Yeah. Give me a minute. I'm going to see if I can unlatch this door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's got her thieves tools. I don't know if that's actually something she would require to find and use this secret door but it might yeah absolutely thieves tools it would be to unlock a lock if a lock is to be found is there a lock and or trap because my thieves tools can unlock and disarm so you you see she's looking all over and she's examining she's applying her craft you can tell by the deafness and just the the carefulness as, as she looks and bends down and examines puts her hand almost ever so slightly along the edge you can tell that she's very well skilled at searching for for these types of things you can see that it's 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 almost like a a, a master or a teacher who's been doing a trade for years with just the ease of how she falls into her routine of concentration and you're studying her face so just this intense like the the jovial just wander less wide-eyed innocent uh, it has just been replaced with with this intenseness that you recognize from yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror. She's entered her trade. She's entered her trade. Yeah. Okay. Dope. You you see that it is quickly replaced with a look of frustration. Well, first I want to note or uh, yeah, make a note that as soon as Malfax sees that, like she is that crazy ADD, silly, crazy, lighthearted. But then as soon as he sees her, like total, like 
straight focus and it's like oh it's game time in her trade he kind of he, he kind of looks at her with a suddenly he recognizes her for, for her skill craft now yeah and he a little bit more respect he's like i see that in my every single day and so he actually he's, he suddenly doesn't he's not looking at her as this annoying halfling he's suddenly looking at her as as, as a, a skilled as someone very skilled in their trade craft yeah also additionally as he's doing this and she's watching uh, like uh, i mean he's total soldier so he's scanning their six i mean at all times he's like rotating and making sure nothing's uh creeping up on him yeah he he's he's absolutely like in uh <laughs> you actually swiveled it perfectly <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean he's definitely keeping like walking looking all around him but uh, the majority of his focus is on that hallway and on the door behind them but he's he's definitely not keeping himself unawares for anything else happening in any of the other corners of this room yeah excellent all right jumping back in <clears throat> what is it but then also what is it she she just she knows this is a door she cannot open why can't she open it like there like she can't unlock it for one there's there's no lock mm -hmm. she can tell whatever that it's it's a it's a one-way door that's only opened from the other side so even a, a crowbar with a strong mouth axe she she knows professionally that even that won't work she knows professionally in fact she she has does she know this is totally dwarven made and or is it dwarven made like the drugar right or the druger well, the Drugar, Drugar made part of the dungeon when the mage tunneled in and tunneled into their their mines. So this this is directly below where the old wizard tower used to stand. So this is directly made by Pallister himself. Whether he used slave dwarves to do it or extra planar creatures to create it, there's no real discernible design to what created this or or carved it. There's no distinctive race traits to the stone craft of how this room was designed. All right. She, she almost she she almost has this intuition that that the door is uh also being held closed by some uh potential magic but she she doesn't know 100 percent. man if only you had a bard who had the knock spell gum you half elf bard who needs to help that's twice now half elf <laughs> well shoot and die on it this door it, it it there's no way we're gonna get open it this way it's 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 barred it's one way and uh, i hate it i hate it i hate it but it's magic magically held it i my tools can only do so much my tools can only do so much all right enough so you de you definitely know at this point somebody knows you're here all right and that somebody who was watching you is no longer there all right, well, Spider Lady, we need to get out of here because those footsteps are fleeing and I guarantee you they're going to form on us. And pretty soon, this might just get loud. We need to press on. Or at least I'm going. I'm sure. What's the innkeeper's name? Durnan. D-U-R-N-A-N. I'm sure for, for a gold coin, Durnan, retrieve you. And without waiting for an answer, he marches back towards this hallway. And at that point, you, you also see for a slight moment that intensity of focus return to her face as she's like, no, I'm going along. Yeah. There, there's a reason why she's here and why she paid her gold to come down. You, and you, at that moment, you begin to suspect that it's more than just a wide-eyed halfling's wanderlust and... Wanderlust type deal, yeah. Yeah. Need for adventure and um, yeah, you think you think that she realizes what she's getting herself into. 
All right. Well, Mr. Scally, you're not the only one who has need to be down here. So I'm coming with you, whether you like it or not. So shut up and stay here while I look ahead. You and your stupid armor is too loud, too loud, too loud. Now shut up and stay, stay put. And then can I, can she sneak down? Can I do that? Yeah. So have her roll stealth. All right. So my first question is down this hallway. All right. She moves down this hallway. Looking down, is it covered by shields as well like this? No, the, the shields only go around the walls of the, the basically the square perimeter. They don't, they don't continue down the hall at all. So what are the, what's the composition of the, the walls and the roof of the hallways? For the most part, the ceiling is um, about as high as the walls are wide. So that's just kind of uh, as you go down this hall. So it looks to be about, what, 10 feet wide. And so it's about 10 feet by 10 feet. It's just regular stone. Is it finished or unfinished? So it's uh, it's kind of an unfinished um, cobblestone cobblestone okay cool so this is my intention she's literally gonna just walk straight to the wall and walk up walk on the ceiling down the hall secretly and quietly and explore people from above and she's gonna do that with her slippers of spidery spideriness so do her slippers they let's see let's go let's go and look at her slippers again because i just didn't really look at them that well so let's see um it requires attunement which we she's definitely been attuned to these does that mean attunement as in like bonds with her or something so yeah so attunement means you have to you have to sit there and for at least more than an hour sit there and, and concentrate and kind of you you're attuning becoming one with that item and so yes yeah, so it's it's attuned to you so if somebody else just grabs the slippers from them and tries to put them on they're not going to be able to use them at all they're not going to work so um i would say that these these slippers are not slippers that she just wears all the time oh, okay so she's got them in her pack I would say that she 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 keeps themes not just in a pack like in a in a pouch close to her vest. These are her most prized possession. Okay. All right. Well, she's got her normal slippers on, then, right? Yeah. So so I would say that you see her sit down and take her slippers off, and you you begin to say something when suddenly she pulls out these other slippers that uh, are you, you even in the darkness you can see they have this silvery shimmer and and gleam to them and you can tell that they're cut they they are designed to look like they're covered in spider webs Ooh! so it's like imagine a a white silver spider-man <laughs> yeah dope as she takes these out and very very carefully and almost reverently puts them on her feet and then just grabs her other slippers puts them in her pouch she stands up she looks at you she winks and you see her dude i'm so happy you said winks because i was like dude she has to and then you see her just walk up the wall and upside down on the ceiling and then crouch down and start crouching down along the ceiling and there there are a few moments in your life where you stand there for a moment with your mouth agape <laughs> This is one of those moments where you, you are aware that your mouth is, is open totally out of character for a moment. <laughs> yeah, Malfax, like his 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 scowl has smoothed <laughs> and his he's just he's just poleaxed. He's like, what? Alright, do you want me to roll uh or stealth for Jesper? Yeah. 
All right. Well, unfortunately, I got a two plus seven, so only a nine. That was horrible. <laughs> See, when it rolled, I thought it landed on coin, but it was a two. A plus seven in the stealth? Well, I rolled a natural two, and then I had a plus seven. It's just, that was just a crappy roll. Oh, man. All right. Well, she's moving this way. Also, remember that uh, anything that's any surfaces, just for just for your notes uh, and future heads up, these these slippers, anything that is Sli slippery, uh, covered in oil or ice or something like that, like she, she'll slip, so. Yeah. So you see that just the, as the tunnel, you see it, it goes down um, about 40 feet, and then she can tell that it then bends back to the north. Yeah, but nothing else? There's no one there or anything? Nope. Hmm. Psst, psst, Malfax. It's clear down here. It's clear all the way up here. But about 40 feet, then it turns back to the north. And then Malfax, if it's all right with you, I'm going to drag him slowly. And then I'd kind of like to do this bounding movement yeah. of maneuver if you're okay so i would like to move 40 feet jesper 40 feet to the west to the next intersection you kind of you you move up to her and mm -hmm. you just kind of look at her and nod and without really even her it's it's almost as if she's worked with soldiers before i mean you see that she's very i mean as soon as you nod she knows that that's her cue to continue yeah, she seems experienced working with my type. Yeah. Dope. Okay, so I hold still, hold my ground. He just came from it. I'm checking our six to the north, and as she proceeds west, and I'm just waiting for her her uh, hiss. So what she sees when she let me. Uh, so I'm gonna sync this up. I've made I made the map a little bit bigger. Mm. Uh, so let me know when it syncs. It's synced. Okay. So she sees that at the very west end of this there's this room that's about 20 feet wide mm -hmm. and at the very end are a set of stairs um that she can see that they ascend up into a uh or actually sorry they descend down into a lower a lower room but that's that's not what really catches her eye so every 10 foot section of the wall on both sides there is a nine foot high four foot wide three inch deep door shaped recess so it's this it's a recess it's a, it's shaped like an arced door nine feet high it's about four feet wide but it only goes it's carved into the stone about three inches deep but each of them is contains a bass relief, like a BAS dash relief. So a bass relief as you know, so it's like like a three Yeah, yeah, carved into stone. And each each one of these um, depicts uh, a different demonic type figure. All right, so on the uh, so can she see each and every one of them, or can she only see portions of them? She can see portions of them. All right. Um, what does she notice? Uh, she also notices there's a skeleton see where that circle's drawn yeah there's a skeleton lying and even from here she can see it has a single arm stretched out pointing towards the bass relief of whatever the demon is on that wall on that specific portion is it like a skeleton as in corpse laying on the ground and it was reaching for trying to get there or is it a skeleton at reanimated undead uh skeleton corpse lying on the ground okay kind of lying on its face but there's a single arm stretched out and but even from here she can see that that arm the hand is bent to where there's a single finger pointing okay but, but yes it, it's lying on the ground all right um can is the ceiling safe enough and high enough that i she can uh, crouch and walk over these bass relief demonic statues or carvings and reach wherever that skeleton is so yeah so the ceiling's about probably 20 feet tall okay 
So again, the, the ceiling is almost as wide as it is tall. Gotcha. And in fact, just as a as a DM note, that's typically unless I know otherwise, that's how the the entire dungeons are built. So okay. if you want if you want to know how high the ceiling is, the ceiling's typically as high as the room or the hall is wide. Just so when you when you go into a room, you you know kind of the the parameters. If if there's a difference beyond that, I will tell it to you in the description when you enter. All right, copy. Psst, psst. Malfax, get up here. So Malfax moves up. She she explains what's going on in the bass relief. Man, if only you had a bard who who knew lore. <laughs> yeah, this is bullcrap. <laughs> this adventure was written for Jake. I know it was written for him, and then he just couldn't make it. No, it's all good. Hey, I'm I'm, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna climb over these these statue, these creepy you whatever creatures, and I'm going to that skeleton. I'm gonna go look at what it what what it's pointing at. You 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 stay here. Also, I'm getting a little dizzy. I'm getting a little dizzy. So I'm gonna walk on the walls. I'm gonna walk on the walls. So my <sighs> my head is red, isn't it? My face is. Shut up and go. Okay, okay. So. I would like when she enters the room, this hallway, this 20 foot wide by 20 foot tall room, uh, instead of going on the ceiling and being upside down, she actually goes sideways. So that way, you know, maybe her blood is <laughs> no longer just surging to her head, but I'd like her to stay high, higher than nine feet, higher than the best relief carvings and then inch towards the uh, skeleton. Okay. Do you need me to roll or can I just do that? Nope. You can just do that. All right. I'm just going to say she's edging to the Malfax creeps over here so we can kind of look at what she's doing. All right. She's approaching the uh, the skeleton pointing finger and she's looking at the bass relief. So one thing she looks at the skeleton, she kind of goes, oh, not, not, ew, like, oh, more, almost like, like surprised. Okay. What, what she notices is uh, the skeleton is, there's also, uh, it's definitely been dead a long time, but you can also tell that whatever it was, there's very old decayed molten feathers. And in fact, as the head's kind of lying there, you can see whatever the skull was goes out into this beak shape, like, uh, like a bird. And how, how big is the skeleton? Is it like seven feet? Yeah, so it's... Like, is it a hulking skeleton? Is it is it like Malfax level or size? Or is it, you know... It's it's average height. It's probably about five feet. Hey, Malfax, look at look, look at the bird. What? The skeleton is a bird. The feathers eeks. I don't care. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, but she's kind of intrigued by it. But she's actually focusing more on this. Again, is there any other details that uh, she can see of the skeleton? This bird-like, beak-like, feather-like skeleton? So so, um, it definitely, you can see that its feet are these bird, larger bird-shaped, three-toed type feet. It definitely looks like a a bird. If you were to make a bird creature, that's what this would be. But there's no, like, feathery or feathery claws? Because I'm like, okay, I'm painting this picture. Standing, <laughs> standing horizontally on the wall, on the side, she's, like, tapping her foot, crossing her arm, one hand tapping her lips. Hmm, I wonder if this is an owl bear what else could it be what else do i know any other bird monsters so um have you guys uh both do a let's see probably would be probably history all right here we are this first one will be for jesper she she rolls a 15 plus 2 17 nice and then um malfax is gonna roll 17 plus 1 so yeah, so so you actually recognize that just in your your series of battles is a bird type creature known as a Kenku. Have uh, me personally, Jesper and or Malthax dealt with them in the past. So Jesper is maybe not super familiar. That's why she didn't recognize it off. Uh, 
at first. Uh, you, you recognize these. You've maybe never dealt with them, but you, or I don't know, maybe have you. Um, you know that these creatures are more indigenous to a region of Faerun called Chult, which is kind of a jungle area in the very south uh, east region of opposite ends of the world of, of where the Sword Coast is. Yeah, okay. Um, Malthex knows of them. He's probably heard of them from fellow soldiers, but yeah, I don't think he's ever dealt with them. They're far from home. Not necessarily evil. They're not necessarily good. They're more a, a race that just, you know, looks out for themselves. But yeah, it's just a, a Kenku. Is it dressed in anything else? Does it have anything uh, special about it? Like, is there any... It, it, very old adventuring gear. I mean, you could tell that it's it's been dead for quite a while. But nothing that, like, really snaps your, your eye to it? No. Hey, spider. Spider lakes. Ignore the bird. It's a Kenku. What is it pointing at? All right, all right, all right. Sorry for being so curious. It's not my fault. This bird isn't supposed to be here. So she turns and looks at the uh, the uh, bass relief, and uh, what when she examines the bass relief. So there's so there's thirteen in total. Each one depicts a different. Uh, you recognize them now as as a as a different demon. Um, and are they staggered on opposite ends of the wall, or are they parallel to each other? So the they're they're even yeah so uh sorry um on the north wall there is seven and on the south wall there are six so there's essentially one right in front of you and then every two squares there's there's one so the one that's pointing is this very large muscular grotesque type demon that has this big huge fat belly uh wings um and this very grotesque warthog type face all right do i recognize it as uh jesper jesper as she's ex uh, examining it but also as jesper is examining it and really you know doing her trade and searching it and she's got her serious face on malfax is at the corner just like tapping his foot like mm -hmm. but he does notice that she's got her her her, her work face on so he's like fine so here's, do you, do you have the image of what she's looking at? The There it is, some spook, gross. So that's the demon that the Kenku's pointing towards, the, the relief. Have um, have Jesper do a perception roll. All right, she did a natural 19, plus 7, 26. You see her, and all of a sudden she goes, oh, oh. And she points like the two fingers at her eyes and points two fingers at the demon's eyes and you kind of like are like what what and then all of a sudden you you look at the demon and all of a sudden you realize that the eyes aren't just highs they're also about each one is a half inch hole bored into the eyes very very similar to the single hole that you saw earlier all right and is it just this this demon or is it all the bastardly it appears to just be this one all right um so can she so in her in her thieves tool she's got like mirrors and stuff she can can she pull out a mirror and like kind of hold it up there and look and see if there's bolts or needles or traps or if it's a peephole each one of these holes are about a half inch it, it appears to be more i mean a half inches that's gonna be possibly a bolt but the way that they they're spaced they, they look very similar to peepholes almost spaced for someone to put both their eyes up to be able to to look all right all right um can she listen can she hear does does she hear anyone behind those eyes is someone 
looking and watching for so, them because we haven't we haven't made ourselves known as far as I know. Nope. Uh, does not. I mean, other than who who or whatever was initially behind the first door no uh she doesn't see doesn't feel any presence and in fact as she's looking at the relief she kind of looks and you see her eyes get wide and she can see her mouth the word as she points to the the, as the the bastard relief and she points and she says door i don't know if you heard that another another secret door yeah you see her she's mouthing the word like door all right. With her with her assessment of the bass relief between her and Malthax, is it safe for her to wave him forward to at least approach? Yes. Alright, so she she does too, but she like she does hand gestures to make it really emphatic that he needs to be very quiet. And he's doing his best, but he's still got armor. So he's just gonna approach and stop before this door. So with her perception, can she see if there's traps or any I mean he's he's a he's a, a fighter. Mm-hmm. But he's not a he's not a clumsy oaf. He's not a he's definitely a fighter that has been been trained with with grace and yeah. skill. So um, he he almost when he wants to he can move s- smooth inside. Now obviously you can't do sneak with armor. I don't think, but maybe it's with disadvantage. So it, it's he he's not just this big loud clanking thing. But he's he's definitely not silent silent quiet. Okay, well. He creeps up as much as possible, as quiet as possible, and stops before the statue. With her perception, can she start checking for traps, um, latches, locks, and a way to open this door? Yeah, so so again, you see just her go right, just um, as if she was, this was just a natural instinct for her. Um, she's, she starts kind of like, you know, f- feeling around, like the, the relief and looking and and then at one point, she just kind of stops and just looks at you and just goes, I think we can just push it. <laughs> With that, Malfax, he like uh, he like re- re-grips his shield, rolls his shoulders, and like brings up his, his, his long sword and levels it as if he's going to thrust, right? And he edges below her and shrinks beneath the eyes, and he says, do it, and he's ready. But he doesn't say it. He's just like nodding. So is Jesper going to be the one to try to push it? She's going to try and push it, and he's just going to stand right. So this the, the entire door seems to be the the entire outline of this bass relief demon, which is about nine, nine feet by four feet. So you can have her try to push it. She'll need to roll a strength check. All right, let's do that as our first uh, go. So strength. I just dropped it and got a 19, but it didn't really roll, so I'll re- 13. So she, she pushes and pushes and pushes, uh, does does not seem to be able to to get it to to move all right she she looks at malfax and kind of just like sheepishly shrugs but then she's like what do you want from me i'm a daggum halfling come on come on seriously and he's he, he like kind of nods and like he's like yeah good point i'm sorry so what i would like to do uh if you're okay with it like i would like him to be behind his shield and totally like almost quote unquote bull rush the door to see if him behind his shield can push it open with his strength roll does that work for you so yeah uh you can do that. It's going to require you to put your sword away to hold your shield plus push with the other hand. You're not going to be able to adequately do it with um, without your sword. But if you roll without your sword, you, I will give you advantage. And if you want to roll with advantage, down below the chat box is the advantage and disadvantage. You can just click the mm-hmm. advantage and on your next turn, it will roll advantage. 
All right, so what I will do is I will sheathe my sword and crouch behind my shield and push with my shield and uh, second hand. Okay, so click the advantage button. All right, it's pressed and now a strength save. Is it a save or just the ability? Which one do I do? Just the ability. It's not a saving throw, yeah, it's just a- I accidentally did both, I'm sorry. No, that's what that's what advantage is. It rolls both and, and keeps the highest. Gotcha, cool. <laughs> so it rolled a 19 and it rolled a 13, but it kept the 19 and dropped the 13 because you had advantage. So now- Sweet, so a total of 22. Now the advantage should have turned off. So- I, Yep, it's it's un, undone. So, uh, yeah, so so you uh, are, are able to qu quite easily for you push also, I know this is kind of like my remembering two characters and it's kind of backwards, but as I'm putting my longsword away, above me, is it all right if Jasper draws her short bow and knocks an arrow? Oh, yeah. Okay, so she's got me covered up top. She's like... So move move yourself in front of what I just... Yeah. So it reveals this... Um, it's about as far as you can see is right there. So this secret door opens to reveal an empty... 10 foot square cubicle uh with a five foot wide tunnel it's rough hewn okay. stone that leads away from it and you see that the tunnel descends slightly down and you just you you instantly kind of get this stench that smells like a sewer all right so because it's only about five feet ten feet um jasper's uh, actually going to crawl down and take off her slippers because she's not going to be able to effectively okay does that make sense like yeah and she's she's pretty she knows it's uh game time this is serious we got tunnel so she's fast and she reverently removes her spider slippers but then she hurries up and puts her other slippers on like she's done it so many times that it's like reloading an m to us you, you know yeah all right let me let me let me let me go first i, I... <laughs> mouth is like yeah okay go ahead um but since the transition she actually puts away her her uh her short bow and I would like her to actually got a dagger ready for a stab in the back or a throw. Okay. Do you want me to roll a sneak or a, uh, I'm sorry, a stealth? Yeah. All right. So she got 13 plus 7, 20. So. So she proceeds and she tells Malfax to stay about only 10 feet behind, you know, just enough to kind of, but close enough that he's within range to help, if anything. So have her stop, yeah, at the, at the, and she can go a little bit further and kind of stop at the entry to where you can, yeah, like right there. Like, or this natural rough hewn stone tunnel kind of comes to an, a large, is, is this an unfinished natural room or is the, these walls finished? It, it's still all rough, rough hewn stone. Okay. But it looks like a rectangular 20 by yep. 60. So as she looks in the room, she sees that the floor of the room um, tilts its west end. It, it tilts. So the west end is actually six feet lower than the east end. So the whole thing going from east to west is slanted down about six feet. All right. They're popping out at the, the the eastern side. So from where they're standing, it kind of descends like a swimming pool to six feet to the west Correct. side. Correct. And funny that you say swimming pool because foul sewer water covers the floor, barely reaching the east wall, uh, but deepening by about a foot for every 10 feet that it travels westward. Gross. So it's straight up sewage. Yeah. She can see there's a wide alcove in the north um and in fact uh and it contains a 
There is a... Do you see this image I just shared? Yeah, it looks like a, a Saugen. How do you say that? Yep, Saugen. Sa Sa I'm not exactly sure. It looks like a daggum fish, man. Yep, so <laughs> uh, in, in that north alcove, there's a life-size statue of a Saugen submerged up to its chest in sewer water. The statue is actually emitting a dim purple radiance. Its head is completely turned around looking into the alcove. Even though the rest of the body is facing outward. Uh, one of its arms has been broken off and there's nowhere to be seen. Um, so the purple emission it's emanating, is it just light? Is there a sound? Nope. There's, there's no sound. It's just this purple, purple light. light. And no heat associated nope. with it. It's just this light is just emanating. It's, it's pulsing or steady? It is steady. It's just this, this just very dim radiance that just kind of glows around it. What else is in the room? Is that it? That's really all you see in the room. So the alcove where the statue is, there's no ledge of dry landing or anything. It's just an alcove where the statue is. And the statue, his body is facing south, whereas his head is turned facing north. Correct. And it has no arm. So as, as we're descending, you're saying about every foot westward we go, the this, this sewage water deepens about a foot. Correct. How are the walls? Are they slick? Are they even enough for me to do my... Water seeps through the cracks in the ceilings of the alcove. It drips down the walls. Ah, dang it. So, definitely, uh, it, it's almost as if uh, Jesper knew that her slippers would probably not even work in here anyways. Yeah. Dang it, she just had a feeling. I don't want to get my hair wet. I do not want to get my hair wet. She's got a chestnut uh, ponytail and she just loves it, by the way. I don't know if I told you. She's got mischievous eyes and mischievous grin. Mouth <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we could always turn around if you want. Like, yeah, but look at the purple thing. Look at the purple thing. It's glowing. It's glowing. I have to go investigate. Okay, well, looks like you might just have to get your hair wet. Uh, no, that's poo. I'm not doing that. I'll, I'll sit on your shoulders. What? <laughs> yep, I'm going to climb on you and sit on your shoulders and you're going to walk me right to the statue. And then like without without waiting, she like tries to start like climbing over him like a like a spider monkey. <laughs> um, can she do that? Yeah, so so describe again what she is doing. So she's like totally refusing to enter the sewage. Like she's like, I'm not even going to get there. My, it's my ponytail. I can't get my ponytail wet <laughs> and I'm certainly not going to get my, certainly not getting poo water in my hair. And he's like, you're kidding me. And she's like, nope, you're going to crawl. The, I'm going to crawl on you and I'm going to sit on your shoulder and you're going to walk me to that statue. And before he could say anything, like she like uses his shield as a handhold and start climbing up on his shield <laughs> sided shoulder. So like she's like, she's like, what the freak? But like he, she already did it. She's nimble and fast. And he had no no choice. I mean, like he could physically like shake her off because I mean, she's puny, but it's like she's already here and it's like fine. And even though he's gruff and scally scally, I mean, it's like he isn't an evil or a douchebag. Not really. Yeah. So, so he, 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 he obliges. And so he walks in and he just like grits his teeth as he starts plunging his first foot into, into this sewage and she's on his shoulder. And uh, he, uh, he gets to just about just before crotch a uh, point of sewage and he freezes and he just like, mm -hmm. 
She's like, what are you doing? Keep going, keep going, keep going. Why are you stopping now? He's like, mm, <laughs> I really, mm, no, it's, you know, it's like, I don't want to submerge my waist. I don't want to submerge my penis in poo water. I don't <laughs> want to do that. And she's like, well, you're just going to have to. And he like glares at her because it's like she just talked about her hair and she's like come on hurry up i can almost I mean, reach it you know i don't mean to be crude but a woman's hair is definitely more important than than a dude <laughs> <junk>. yeah <laughs> but i mean you i mean you've been walked into a cold pool before you always halt there i know you have i know everyone oh i know you, like, you, you get to that moment right right below and that's where you stop and then it becomes the moment of willpower yeah. and <laughs> Yep. So that's what he does. He like grimaces and grunts and like growls, and then he just does it. He just goes and I'm not really sure where the statue is, but I'm gonna drag him somewhere right here. The statue is the star. Okay, so that star right there is the statue. So I don't know if I should be on it. So right about there. Okay, so he brings her to there, and um, how deep is it here? It's about midriff, maybe belly button. So, yep, so the the it's the statue's chest deep and that's where you are right now. Okay, so it's about chest deep for him. Yep. All right. So while she's kicking up her, you know, feet almost lounging on this dude wrapping her arm around his head and she stable she uh examines what she can of this Salgan fishman creature statue. So, I want you to roll perception for both or just her. Well, whoever's I mean, you can both, but well, to be honest, he's kind of focused on not teetering and toppling into the crap. You know what? I, I still want you both to roll perception. So she got a 20. And then he he got a 19. Dope. Wow, that was accidentally brilliant. So as Jesper is looking at the statue and she's looking at the head, she actually almost notices that the head looks like it was turned on purpose. And just in it, from where the head attaches to the body, it's the slight, tiny little gap. And it almost looks as if, like, it, it can continue to be unscrewed or, or retightened. At the same moment that she is noticing this, you see this slight little shimmer in the water behind the statue. And I want both of you to roll initiative. All right. All right. So initiative for both of us? Correct. So Malfax has seven and she has nine. Not that great, guys. Come on. So what you see is is the water starts it, it's the water starts to move. And you see it's almost as if the water starts moving in on itself and it starts rising as if the water is kind of animated. Uh, and it's this really dark, it's just slick gray mass kind of starts rising out of the water, the sewage. So my initial thoughts is Malfax is screaming back and trying to re retreat, but he got a seven initiative and Jesper got a nine. And I don't know what this gooey thingy, whatever it is, got. So this gooey thingy actually rolled a 15. Ugh, crap. Okay. So um, I want you to... So so do, so is... You're, you're in the water and she's sitting on your shoulders. Is that right? Yeah. So I want you to make a intelligence saving throw for each of us just for you so on your character sheet saves are on the right hand side oh that that's not good yep. <laughs> yeah i got a negative one for int all right well here here it goes guys oh Ooh, 19 minus one 18 heck yeah dude that was the most lucky thing malfax so yeah you there there's this kind of 
pulse comes out of this this uh what'd you call it this gooey this glue yeah there's there's kind of like this this pulse of of energy that seems to like come out it directed towards you it hits you and uh for a just a brief moment you feel just all of this uh just crushing weight uh, it almost seems like in this this vice grip has just grabbed your brain and started to just like crush in and it's just for a moment but you just it's almost as if you mentally just will it to not happen and you're able to push through whatever this this initial attack was yeah so it's growling like a like it's assailing me but i'm just like oh uh so you so it it does crush you and it does actually hurt you so um I don't know how to do this, so I'm going to see because how 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 this works is if you if you make a saving throw mm-hmm. uh, against like a magic attack or other types of attack like this, you still take damage, but it's half the damage. Okay. So I don't know how to do half damage. Um, I could just roll whatever the thing is and then half it. So let me, so I'll roll. So let me see. So, so it's seven points of damage. So when it's halved, is it halved rounded up or halved rounded down? Uh, well, I mean, you're the DM. I would prefer since I'm being damaged, uh, rounded <laughs> down, but it's up to you. <laughs> it, it, it is up to you. Well, I, really I think that there's a an actual rule i i just don't so for now we will say half rounded down uh until otherwise noted and um so this is um uh, and and it's it's almost as if uh this was attack on your psyche it's almost as if it was attack on your um mental state more than it was as a a physical attack it was almost like it took your psyche and your 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 brain or your conscious and just crushed it is what it felt like um so you take uh three hit points of damage all right so in this one do i under do i just enter my 46 is my max hp do i just minus uh three in the tmp for temporary so it would be just 43 and wounds you would just put three oh dope so you have you have taken three wounds so if you ever get to 46 wounds then you're dead and or you're making death saves sorry temporary would be if like we had a you know that annoying bard and he gave you a buff that gave you temporary hit points you would put them in there he struck me with this sonic not sonic but psychic attack right like he was trying to he was what was he crush my soul almost just crush your mind crush your will okay and i fought back and i was like "Ah, ah." yep and so he didn't do it but he hurt me correct i mean it's like it's like any magic that you if you cast magic at something they have to make a saving throw if they if they succeed they still take that magic damage regardless it's just going to be half so that that's how magic works in 5e it's if you cast it on somebody that they're going to take damage it's just what, how much are mm-hmm. they going to take well i like it all right i would like to all right so i'm just going to cast a spell and then if i actually hit him so I want you to do, I want you to do this again. Uh, take chromatic orb that, at, that attack and drag it and drop it on the ooze. It dra- oh dude, there it is. Attacked it. So so it automatically does the attack and save throws for the creature. Oh my goodness! And then in parentheses it says because my attack it beat is save throws it hit. So now you choose what damage you want to do and drag and drop the damage on the creature. Okay. You know what? I'm just going to go with my gut and say, fuck damage. Oh my gosh, dude. 3d8 and they all got eight. I got triple eights. 
but then it says partially resisted. So what type of damage did you choose? I did fire. So it's it's heavily damaged. So now I will go um, to next actor. So he just got smacked psychically. I would say playing out the combat real fast. It popped up. It psychically attacked me. I'm staggering. Uh, Jesper's actually still on my shoulder. She's like balancing. She throws that chromatic orb and now it's my turn. I'm like widening my stance in this water. It's sloshing everywhere. And she's on my left arm shoulder, the one holding my shield. I honestly, dude, me personally right now from being so disoriented, I would actually take a couple steps back. I would take a couple steps back and blindly, maybe not blindly, but just do a couple swipes too, since I'm allowed an extra attack, two swipes as I'm retreating. I know that might even be a disadvantage or give it an opportunity to attack, but military, my brain would be so ambushed. I need to break contact until I'm undazed, unfazed, you know? So you can always do an action and a movement. So and you can do those in either order. So you can, so yes, we'll, we'll say you do that. So you slash, slash, and then move move backward. Yeah. So that would be, yeah, that'd be like my reaction. Oh, I'm stunned. I got to try and like my, my two horizontal would be a, a, a right to left slash and then a left to right backslash as in it's like just uh, deter this whatever it is if it's advancing I want to try and attack it but it's more of a get the f back while i uh step back and regain my composure type deal all right so i've got malthax's uh silver longsword and i'm rolling and because he's so stunned he got a three plus six nine so um oh actually shoot i forgot to place it on that guy dang it all right so let's just say the first first one totally failed the second one i got a hit 17 plus 6 23 so the first one missed second one hit all right four plus three i got seven this time so my first slash total wild missed him second slash caught him clipped him i don't know how much damage i mean it's seven points of damage but is that substantial to him or not yeah it's uh you definitely see it kind of shudder and yeah, you can see it's uh, definitely like you've you've noticed it's real true first impact of feeling wounded. And then with my, I still get to action. Can I move back? You also notice you just ha happen to glance down and notice that your um, this uh, kind of rust or corrosion has kind of appeared on the blade of your sword. Oh, damn it! But because of the silver's properties, I'm gonna say that it's uh right now it just seems to be just surface the creature sinks back down into the water and just totally disappears there's no sludge like it's like you know like that bubbling movie you said initially yeah it, it kind of like goes down and uh then uh, it just kind of all ripples and goes still gotcha do you see it where'd it go i don't see it anywhere all right so that was um that was actually its action and it's now we're still in initiative it's now jesper's turn hmm. um i so i got a question so can i cast mage hand and have the mage hand twist the statue's head completely off like like finish twisting it off yeah all right so what i would like to do is cast mage hand so she casts mage hand and she kind of like swirls her hand in like a, a rotating and you can see the head um start spinning and uh, as it spins up you can actually see that it is threaded like a screw until eventually it 
it comes out and she uh what does she do with the head because she's still controlling it with her mage hand does she throw it in the water does she where does she move it to uh she would she uh, curiosity man danger or not she'd actually bring have the hand bring it to her so she she brings it to her and this thing is life-size and it's stone so it's going to be kind of heavy for her still sitting on your mm -hmm. back so yeah so i mean can the the hand hover in front of her yeah so that's like she brings it to them she's at, at this point we're still in initiative she's not going to really have time to to examine but that's her action and it's now now malthax's turn all right so malthax uh he's like f this i need to get on stable ground so he brings them to here right now and then he puts her down she's behind him and he turns and kind of just looks in the and monitors the room and then the, i'm gonna say that's the end of his his uh initiative as of now okay all right at this point uh it's jesper's turn uh as you've been moving she's just uh you know right right so one of jesper's person or uh her personality trait the first thing i do in a new place is look is note locations of everything valuable where such things could be hidden she knows that or she doesn't she notices that the the head just looks like a normal statue head that's threaded but what piques her curiosity is the uh recessed cavity that the head left in the statue so there's actually something in the statue there as she well she doesn't know if there is but that's just the head just looks normal but she would just she kind of looked at the statue like if i was to hide something somewhere that's where i would hide it if i had a statue with a head that unscrewed <laughs> malfax malfax there's something in in the statue i think oh we gotta we get we gotta go back we gotta go back and look at it look at it what are you crazy uh well yeah a little bit but I'll even get my hair wet. You just stand guard. Stand guard. I'll go. I'll go. And then uh, she would even push past him because she is super curious. So she's going to have to swim at least at least till she gets when, once she gets to the edge of the corner. The last five feet to the statue, she'll have to swim because if it's chest deep, it's going to be at her over like right at, over her head, like to her forehead or somewhere. Malthax would notice that and he'd be like, all right, just hop back on again, but get on my back so I can use my shield and sword, all right? And let's go at this slow again. So stop right there. And so uh, as you step into the water, it suddenly the water feels just super thick and you suddenly just it almost just feels as if your whole body you can just feel all this just pain just like seeping into your armor all around your legs burning okay ah, ah! so it, it uh because you essentially step on, right onto the creature it had a reaction oh man which uh it attacked you and hit so you you just took nine more oh dadgummit but it's 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 definitely this uh corrosive burning acidic type damage and and you can you can see your uh there's kind of like all this corrosive stuff kind of already appearing onto your armor and can i leap back so yeah so you're still taking your movement so you still have the full range of your movement then i'm just gonna jump back because i mean i'm all i'm all armored all right so i'm gonna just like do a crazy stomp kick and then move back can i do that yeah, so just use your shield bash uh, action and uh, do an attack. She'll drop it on the ooze. Ooh, crit, crit 20. Dude, so you don't have to do anything. I think it'll automatically roll crit damage. So now drop your drop your damage on it. Nice, dude. It was a natural crit. Loved it. And it did 
Critical damage, it did 5 plus 1 plus 3, total of 9, of bludgeoning, just beat it. And uh, just, so you just like, and you stomp, and just the whole thing, just all of a sudden you just feel that kind of, uh, that mass that's around you that you kind of stepped into, that gelatinous type thing, suddenly just kind of like melts all away, and you almost feel like you hear like this, and like kind of bubbles come up in the water, and when the bubbles come up, there's almost like this gas, like gasping type, like, and then, and then you can see like the, sh- the shimmering stuff all just kind of float and start dissipating out onto the water. So, would I have the ability to uh, go check out the uh, statue? Yeah, <laughs> Malfax. I mean, he's got a little bit of rusted f- uh, foot, <laughs> greaves, boots. So he's like kind of doing a little tap dance in front of him, testing, you know. And he creeps along with uh, Jesper, and they go to the uh, the uh, statue, head the statue, and she she inspects it. Do you want me to do a perception or anything like that? No, she'll just be able to look into it. Okay, so she looks into it and... Okay, so go to your party sheet. Ooh, yeah, in the inventory I see one sparkling gem. So, uh, open it up. Alright, so a sparkling gem. It's a crystal clear gem. When uh, Jesper picks it up, she she feels a sense of some, some type of... There's like a, a moment of just kind of energy or spark or something when she picks it up that just kind of maybe makes her think that this might be more than just a sparkling gem. So now we can assign it. So I'm going to assign it to Jesper. A sparkling gem. Yep. Inner inner thing. All right. Um, while she's kind of gazing at it, Malfax is sick and tired of being in the sewer. So he does back here and put her down just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> he's back in the tunnel because he's sick of being in the sewer. And while she's examining the sparkling gem, she's uh, enamored by it. Obviously, he trying to figure out how to unrust his boots and uh, silver sword. He might even pull out a cloth or something to try and scrape it off for his weapon, at least, you know? Yeah, so um, so you get out here, and yeah, I would say you, you spend a moment to erase all the, the, the rust and corrosion off of your armor on your legs and your sword. All right. Well, um, while while Malfax is re recleaning his weapons and armor, I think I think she would have the urge, the curiosity to pull. It would be too too strong for her to resist, and she would cast her last spell slot with identify. And identify is I choose one object that I must touch throughout the casting of the spell, and if the the if the item is magic or has some other magic imbued properties, you learn its properties and how to use them whether it requires attunement or or if it has charges or anything like that so i was thinking um it also says you learn whether any spells are affecting the item and what they are and if the item was created by by, created by a spell you learn which spell created it i think honestly i would be too curious to not cast it so i would cast identify on the sparkling gem okay all right i see it's it changed to sparkling gem nope changed again to an elemental gem so what is it all right so it's a spell which conjures an elemental this gem contains a moat of elemental energy when you use an action to break the gem an elemental is summoned as if you had cast the conjure elemental spell and the gem's magic is lost the type of gem determines the elemental summoned by this uh, by the spell so the gem depending on if it's a blue sapphire yellow diamond red so this this is a, a water element it's part of the sanguine water so that it's an emerald so so i will go and then change the description to emerald elemental gem 
conjure elemental, you call forth an elemental servant that fills a 10-foot cube within range, an elemental of challenge rating 5 or lower appropriate to the area you choose appears in an unoccupied space. For example, a fire element emerges from a bonfire, an earth element it rises up from the ground. The elemental disappears and it drops to zero hit points. It is friendly to you and your companions for the duration. Roll initiative for the elemental, which it has its own turns. It obeys any verbal commands that you uh, issue to it. If you don't issue it commands, it defends itself from hostile creatures, but otherwise take no actions. If your concentration is broken, the elemental doesn't appear. Instead, you lose control of the elemental. It becomes hostile towards you and your companions, and it might attack. An uncontrolled elemental can't be dismissed by you, and it disappears one hour after you summon it. It's pretty dope. So I get a one one shot of em- emerald elemental. Yep. That's uh that's pretty dope. I like that. It's definitely a uh, help get out of free jail card. If <laughs> I mean it's a one use only, you know, br- break it in case of emergency. Yeah, but still, like that's dope. You know, you're like, you know what? There's no rush at this point, so you're not gonna go into the water. But at least you know that no, nothing's necessarily gonna come out of this room anymore. So you're like, well, let's. So yeah, so we'll we'll take a rest here. We'll say the next time we play that you'll have taken a full rest, so all your save throws and everything will all be reset. You do nothing more strenuous than eating, drinking, reading. So we'll stop here. Okay.